0: I think as well, like if you go back to basics, is that we want people to not use polluting methods of transport. Like that's our, our bottom line. We don't mind if they use their own bike. We don't mind if they use competitors. Like we just want to provide a solution to people who potentially can't afford to buy their own e-bike. They live in an area that doesn't have the infrastructure that's that's needed to get themselves to work and stuff like that. So, Welcome to the Small Talk podcast brought to
1: you by Small World. The agency that builds scale-up brands. I'm Dan. I'm Harvey. Jack and Joe, thanks for coming down to to talk today about Human Forest. I guess before we start, we always like to get a brief introduction to our guests themselves, what they did in their sort of previous lives, I guess, before they ended up at the the company they're at. So just give me a brief introduction to both of yourselves, what makes you tick, what you do at Human Forest, I guess.
2: Yeah I'm Joe, I'm the senior designer at Human Forest. In my previous life I studied graphic design and illustration at Liverpool and then from there kind of freelanced a little bit in illustration and design and yet then moved into in-house uh, about four years ago uh, and then this job came up and it was a perfect merge between illustration, minimalist design and a bit of humour which is is nice to see in a brand and it just made sense for me to, to, to take that leap and a year later, I think uh, it's been a it's been a good move. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, and so I'm Jack, uh, social and content manager for Human Forest. I started in marketing about four or five years ago, where I got like stuck into community management. I think that's where most social media managers earn their stripes, getting given the keys to some social accounts. At the time, it was for a uh, a taxi brand called Ola. And I just was got, got stuck in and I quickly realized that in the marketing team, social media was a bit of an enigma. It was a bit, at the time anyway, it was like, okay, we don't really know what to do with social. We're going to give it to this intern at the time, give him, give him the keys, make content. And uh, I quickly kind of fell in love and then I moved into another uh, a kind of a challenger taxi app called captain. don't know if you remember it. It was, um, it was the days where what do we do? It was, um, not paying taxes. That's not uber cool. It was like the, the slogan, like proper, like trying to go up against the big boys. And I was their social media manager. And that was a lot of fun. Cause they have like a very interesting tone of voice. And I learned, learned a lot there, but I then, I then moved on and kind of started going more towards being a general marketing manager. Uh, where I learned kind of a lot more about the kind of day-to-day marketing stuff, but ended up not doing a lot of stuff myself. And it kind of was a bit like, I just don't feel like I'm ready yet to move on and push work from agency to agency. Uh, I want to get my hands dirty. I want to get stuck in. So uh, I saw the work that that human Forest were doing and again I was like that's a really cool a really cool tone of voice I think it's like a social is the the forefront of kind of what we do so I was like that's a challenge I want to I want to take I want to I want to write everything I want to create ideas I want to execute campaigns all, all ourselves so yeah I've been there for like nine months now and um enjoying every day enjoying every day it's really it's really good fun
1: Interesting that you picked up on, yeah, wanting to get stuck in and do things yourself rather than pushing work from agency to agency. And I feel like particularly since well, I guess there was a massive investment in sort of startups and scale ups in particular over over the last couple of years. And we're starting to see some of that fall away. But something that we feel like all of our clients share or all the people that we, we speak to in, in that kind of scale up type category, there's this shared want to yeah do things yourself build build the brand yourself rather than take the, take the easy ride so it's just that's an interesting side point that um we're seeing a lot from talking to lots of different businesses cool i guess uh you know what we're here to actually talk about is is human forest though i myself am a super fan the way that obviously we kind hear. of got you guys on is from me <laughs> literally running up to your, your head of partnerships and showing her how many rides i would taken and sort of begging to, okay, to, so to get, to be a to get fan. you guys on always um always um I guess for those who don't know, you guys kind of been dubbed as the kind of like the the Spotify of micro mobility, which is that, I guess, uh, Mm piffy startup line that you'll see in in sort of headlines everywhere. Um, But for those who don't know, it'd be great if you could just give an elevator pitch into Human Forest, what it is and why you're a bit different to the likes of the Limes and Dots and all the other plethora of bikes that are out there?
2: I guess our our main mission statement of sorts is that we want to provide free and sustainable mobility for all and I think that's our main goal here and I think we'll do that in a number of ways obviously with 10 minutes free being our main incentive really uh, and something that we push heavily and that's only possible because of our partners which basically sponsor our rides and so that is kind of our our main goal here alongside that is obviously our sustainable goals which is you know starting from the ground up as a sustainable emissions free uh, Uh, operation which i think is obviously super important right now and that really adds to our usp Mm. because yeah i think we are currently the the most sustainable of our competitors so Mm -hmm. that also helps us um yeah
0: i think as well like if you go back to back to basics is that we we want people to not use polluting methods of transport like that's our, our bottom line we don't mind if they use their own bike we don't mind if they use competitors. Like we just want to provide a solution to people who potentially can't afford to buy their own e-bike. They can't, they live in an area that doesn't have the infrastructure that's, that's needed to get themselves to work and stuff like that. So I think as well, like... The recent shift in the last, like, you know, three, four years of cycling becoming a kind of bona fide method of transport around London, like 10, 20 years ago, is rare to kind of see other cyclists in the, in the kind of numbers that we have now. The infrastructure is just absolutely blown up. Like Post-COVID, COVID you see, like, groups loads, of people yeah. now,
2: which, like before COVID in London you didn't see that kind of you know that that yeah. image of an Amsterdam uh, street with like 20, 30 bikes like waiting at the lights now you're seeing that which I think shows the um, the breadth that, that, that this can go especially with the amount of trips that obviously can be taken via bike instead of mm. car like it's unbelievable in London yeah. uh, I, was, I, was in bank. I was
1: in Bank the other day and I had that exact experience yeah. nearly got i called it like a stampede of, of yeah. bikes yeah. So it's, it's insane yeah. 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 like it's when great. you go to work uh,
0: it's like you got five banks of people coming the other way and you're like that is it's amazing but um, more work needs to be done don't get me wrong like more work needs to be done in terms of not pedestrianising but limiting limiting cars and stuff especially in the city London's done done quite well but we've seen other places we've seen Paris just like absolutely explode in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. with the amount of Bike lanes and stuff like that. I think the problem that uh, the founders of Human Forest had to solve was like e-bikes e- are notoriously expensive on the on the commercial market. You're talking two three thousand pounds to get an e-bike. Like our e-bikes are, you know, they're not cheap as well. And and, and what do we have that we could use in order to make that affordable? And that's where our kind of double-sided business comes in, where we have the value that the, the customers have. Like we know each customer that we have is kind of a, mo- a mobile citizen around London. They, they are kind of uh, economically mobile as well. They care about the environment. They're sustainable. And that data is really valuable to, to, to companies that want to partner with us who have, have, mm. have, have the same goals. And what, what Joe said at the start about giving free mobility to all, yes, at the moment we've got 10 minutes and this is a long way out, but like, you know, double the size of our community you know, we could maybe give 20 minutes for free and yeah. then like it's a self perpetuating circle, right? Cause we get more, we get more customers in who give more value to partners and then in return partners can give more mm. value back. So it's um, it's interesting. I mean, that's where the Spotify bit comes in. Yeah. It's it's you know reciprocal. Used to be that you, you listen to a couple of ads in between songs, and that, and, that, and that pays for it. The free water stuff as well is a great example. Yeah, you know, the value of the water is paid back by to to the value of the brand that's advertising on it. So it's a unique business model in our industry. Obviously, it's worked so well for countless other industries, and we're we're bringing it to mobility. Like, why why not? Why is mm. this? Why, why can't we give free mobility to Yeah, people?
1: it really is like win-win-win when you look at, when, when people automatically hear ad model, for instance, they automatically yeah. assume, oh, it's something that, and I think this is advertising in general. I wrote something about uh, how ads are coming to Netflix, for instance, yeah, to, to, yeah, to compare example, it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, people automatically assume, oh, it's something where they're taking some of my time away, something that I'm not going to want to see in return for, something that I do actually want to see. But there is actually a world where, no, you're getting added value from a, a sponsor that's relevant to you in, in a way and they're, they're getting access to an audience, you're getting value back in the form of free content, minutes, whatever it might yep. be. Everybody's a winner. Obviously, Human Forest is getting customers on one side and partners on the other. It, it really does. There, there is a way that it can be reciprocal, which you guys are kind of uh, are kind of showing. It's also making it easy. I, I guess the one difference between you guys and... If you' one of your competitors, let's take like uber slash lime I guess um if you're to look at one of those is you do have that real reason why you exist, and that comes through in the the business model but also your marketing. it's okay, let's make it super easy for people to actively ride these e-bikes enjoy the experience once they have three or four rides it's going to become a habitual natural thing of their life which which it has done for me for instance Mm. i wouldn't say i ride enough to warrant uh, myself going out and buying a bike i probably would save more money in the long term by doing that but because you guys have made it super easy for me to pick up a ride here or there when i when when i need it as and when i need it i now ride more uh, much more so than i than i would have previously it's a little bit similar to one of our clients ocean bottle which is okay people want to be consumerist and and want to buy things nice products that they like but at the same time they don't want to have that guilty conscience of you know having a a large carbon footprint or, or waste pollution they make it super easy for you to make a sustainable choice by saying you know one of these bottles buying one of these bottles removes a thousand plastic bottles out of the ocean really super simple sort of narrative and message which you guys have in the same way as like riding this bike you get 10 minutes free for the day
0: yeah, I think that people are starting to see the value of what they could bring to companies. And that's, you know, we've seen the kind of recently Facebook's really struggling, like click-through rates are like average less than 1% in the moment. I was listening to something super interesting about the new We Are 8 platform. It's like the new yeah. kind of social responsible, environmentally responsible social media platform. And, and they were saying it's like, you know, if people understand that this is what you're getting from the ads, they're so much more responsive. And they're seeing click-through rates of upwards of 60% which mm. is absolutely mental. And that's why partners love getting involved. We can we can give them kind of super engaged customers. Our email view rate is like 70% on mm. average. And we're not, we're not talking like a couple hundred, we're talking like tens of thousands of emails that like get sent out. It's absolutely mad. But if people can align and understand why they're getting shown the ads, because they're getting the benefit from it, they're getting themselves, they're getting free mobility, free transport, then they just seem to really connect better with, with the brand that they're getting shown, yeah. which makes our job easier because it makes, it makes more people get involved because it's more cheaper and then we get more partners. It's kind of this ever growing cycle of the app really. Hmm.
2: The, the stronger we, we build this brand, the more reputable those partners become uh, yeah. or, or CEOs become because At the end of the day, we're paving the way of of representing ourselves as this sustainable company. And and the more we build upon that, the better offer we give to these partners. Mm. And also, we've not got a one-size-fits-all for these partners. Like, we've got an in-app message, obviously a classic in-app message, but then we've got loads of different facets that a partner might fit better into yeah.
1: which, which I think that's, is. that's one of the things I literally wanted to go on to which yeah, okay. is, is about is about partners and how mm-hmm. you because I, I think that's at least when I've looked at your social and when, whenever mm-hmm. I've been sent the emails I've always seen that every partner is kind of activated in a different way It's yeah. so a little bit I guess the best, best comparison I would say to, to you guys is a bit like a Thursday for instance in the way that they activate partners in, in Apple for different nights or the campaigns they put out around it. I wondered if you could chat a little bit about some of the different ways that you do help partners activate and how yeah. it is bespoke yeah. to, to each of those partners and how that actually increases engagement rather than reduces it because I think sometimes partners are quite protective of their brands right mm-hmm, quite rightly yeah. um, but when you're bringing it to uh, an audience that isn't theirs it needs to feel authentic mm-hmm. but yeah I
0: think it depends what the brand wants right so quite a lot of brands that we work with they want top of funnel stuff. They want brand awareness. They want consideration. And by doing that, we it's the standard in-app. Before you take a ride, you will see an ad that connects their brand to your free 10 minutes that you're just about to do. We've got a couple of touch points there, like before ride, after ride, invoice or whatever. Happy days in terms of that. But if 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 a brand kind of wants a conversion or or something that's kind of a click-through rate which is quite common these days you know like we are seeing a trend of brands wanting to see a return for their for their investment we've got a couple of other things that we can do like we we've got our tree coin system that we have quite a lot of kind of acquisition type offers in there. So the Tricons are our, our loyalty schemes. The more you cycle, the more coins you get. And with those coins, you can either buy free minutes or you can buy products from our partners. We've had all sorts, like we've had dog food on there. We've had coffee. My dog, got um, Got yeah, little Toddy's got his got his got his dog yeah, yeah. dog food from Tails. Yeah. We've got toothbrushes on there, like all these kind of mm. brands that want to sample or they want to get new customers. Essentially, we've got yeah. that, and then also we've got a thing we've called Reward Stream. Very okay. clever. You get streams in. Forrest, super clever yeah. no. reward stream, <laughs> and you're streaming nice. ads. Yeah. So basically it's a 15-second ad. The same concept as the kind of the We Are 8 stuff yeah. is that like, you get an extra minute for every 15-second ad you get. And because yeah. you are choosing to watch that ad, people are so much more receptive and we we literally launched that last week yeah. and we've we're seeing the results Actually,
2: right now on on our app you can get 13 minutes free daily if yeah. you you know if you went stream right now oh, yeah. and went on it every day you'd get you'd get 3 minutes extra so that is something that we're obviously in the early stages of developing but the potential of that is you know it's literally, as Jack put it earlier, we don't have to limit ourselves to this 10 minutes free daily platform. Yeah. You know, This is a, an expanding platform, which is super exciting to, to you know delve into different facets of digital marketing and yeah. uh, not doing it one way, which I think is one of our stre- strengths yeah. in, pla- in, in partnerships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: think as well, it's like we, we've we done a lot of this over the last nine, nine months and we've figured out a kind of formula for our own community. And we kind of act like a, an agency to these partners where they're like, okay, we've got this problem, right? We want to we wanna get people to buy or to try our new dog food. For example, we're like, okay, that's perfect for tree coins. Let's do that. Let's put it on this newsletter. Let's send, ping an email out or something, whatever, whatever. Whatever it may be, but we've really come to understand the people and the customers that we have and how to get good results. So one of our best performing social posts was so random, but it was literally a photo of me in front of a UPS truck like And it was so, it was so bizarre. And I was like, we saw the numbers go up. That's we were exactly like, what is shortly. going on here? And like, it's strange. Like
2: one, obviously the yeah. guy from UPS came uh, <laughs> in with his electric bike thing, that obviously you put parcels in the back of and they turned up and we went around the block and, you know, we're just chatting to him. And then like, it just blew up and, and, you know, <laughs> literally people were commenting saying, you know, thank you human for us in UPS. Yeah. What? It's like we we didn't even pay them to say that, but they were like, "Thanks so much, guys!" <laughs> and we're like, "What?" Okay, maybe, maybe UPS are so paying a, cl- a click farm or something. Maybe, so. maybe. Yeah. no. Bizarre. Well, it is it. bizarre. I think yeah. basically it shows that we can use our marketing to accentuate our partners. Like there was ways in which we can approach it. We found a formula this summer, particularly this summer, because obviously we're very fresh in this partnership of me and Jack. Mm. And We found a formula that we can, by being engaging, socially engaging and human, pardon the pun, uh, by being human, we can mm. connect. And actually, clearly that works with partners as well. Like yeah. As announcements, as we just did something with Yonder, the credit card company and that was really interesting like playing with our character that we've we've got made you know like basically a football mascot we've got made so like yeah we can approach these in our way and if the brands are willing to take a bit of a a leap actually that the results are like thank you UPS yeah yeah. people comment in thank you UPS like That's uh,
1: that's definitely a success in my my eyes. UPS actually really is very weird, but my my, I've got another good UPS example, which is an example that when they entered into esports, they literally create. I think they created a little. In League of Legends, there's like this little dolly thing in, in the game that delivers you like potions and stuff like that and they recreated a little UPS branded version of that at one of the esports finals and they literally like rolled it out and had a 50,000 seat stadium just chanting UPS, UPS, UPS <laughs> <laughs> so they're clearly, clearly good at partnering <laughs> with different, <laughs> different events and organisations and like but you're, you're totally right it's like you know holding a mirror up to that audience and saying okay well how do we basically just put a shell of our brand just around what this audience likes enjoys and, and finds engaging rather than you know like you said there you could be need to put out a UPS ad that had you know
2: we, yeah we could have put a H- Human Forest logo UPS logo lockup yeah logo lock up yeah and posted it on our social and, yeah. and be done with it but we didn't yeah. you know and there's a reason why we didn't yeah. because we want to we yeah. want we, we want real content yeah, yeah. 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 even though you know they're paying us but at the end of the day we, we do want real content out there yeah. about this uh, collaboration
1: and but, sometimes that like real content one one of the things that I want to talk to you guys about is is. That you know sometimes the real content is planned, which you guys have with partners, et cetera, and sometimes it is more reactive and I always and again the the fact that you guys are saying you know you're you're kind of a partnership, it's a small team it's there's few decision makers you've maybe got cmo above you but that that's about it um it really lends itself to playing reactively and one of the best signs of a, a really strong challenger brand is when kind of risk is thrust upon them they turn it in, into a positive so for instance my favorite example is when kfc ran out of chicken instead of kind of hiding away from him putting like a corporate response out they did quite a funny kind of expletive ads that they put out in, in like the metro the standard etc kind of apologizing for run, running out of, of the chicken you kind of had a a, a smaller bit of a similar um, and just as brilliant kind of idea when somebody sort of trashed or vandalized a, a, one of your lovely green bikes and kind of spray painted it gold or partially gold kind of just ruined it a little bit and uh, well I'll let you guys explain kind of what you did but I think it's a great example of taking a negative or taking something that was as a risk or a, a damage to the brand or damage to the business and then turning it into a, a positive like a judo throw
2: yeah i mean as as you've just put it you know a biker rides at our, our warehouse the drivers dropped it back off at the warehouse and it's half covered in gold paint it's got a missing seat it's got like missing brakes like it's a state immediately we we see an opportunity there just because like it's half gold like it does look quite badass in a way <laughs> you know they use a good gold paint you know <laughs> they weren't messing around so so then we saw this this opportunity to to spin this you know can we finish the job and fully spray a gold do it up fix it and then basically release it back onto our streets as a gold bike salvaging something that you know maybe maybe a different company would just put it in the scrap uh, and using that as a tool yeah that was the basic idea you know getting it back out there reuse and then that was well, all well and good. But then obviously we needed to attach some copy to this, some, you know, some meaning behind it. And I just, I said to Jack, like, you need some pure, like, coming from the heart, like, why have we done this? <laughs> yeah. And then Jack came back with,
0: what, what did <laughs> he come back with? It was to this day probably one of my favourite favorite pieces of stuff that we've done because it didn't really at the time I was like this isn't going to this isn't going to fly you know that skin come down with me when they're like I hope it makes you very happy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have got the grace of the core we reversing dump truck I basically rewrote that but addressing the vandals it's like dear vandals I hope it makes you very happy you've ruined our one of our bikes you got the Grace of the, corner, the reverse reversing dump to run any tires on or whatever. What anyway, you've done a what a sad little life. <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty brutal. But yeah. I just kinda thought of, it was quite funny. I wrote it as a joke initially and then I was like, You've done a shite job at the end. We like, let us do it properly. We did we did it. We, we pushed it out and the numbers of that was that was insane. That's that's the best piece we've done this this year in terms of numbers. Yeah. And I think it's also super important to note that when you do something like this, like it's quite you you can you can take an idea and and flip it and make it funny and, and make it go viral or whatever, but I think the what kind of some brands forget is that you got to link it back to the product. You got to make it sure you got to make sure people understand that the reason you're doing this is is because you're a bike company, and then you got to make them make that connection in their head. And by us doing that piece of content and putting the bike on the app so that people could use it. And we had a little kind of gold icon so that people could find it themselves. Like it all came into a full circle and it all kind of made sense. It wasn't just a, it wasn't just a, oh, this is a funny thing to do. Let's do this and put it out. It's, it's linking it back to the app. It's linking, it's linking it to what, what we do as a company, what our product is. And then the tone of voice stuff is, is the kind of the cherry on the cake that gives it that final little push to be like, okay, this isn't just, this isn't just like a company just you know, painting mm. a bike and putting it out. This is these guys are having fun and uh, we're not we're not posting on Instagram yeah. saying Fancy taking a bike today, yeah like, we're,
2: we're not, you know we're actually which maybe we we were guilty yeah. of uh, <laughs> yeah. when we first started, but like no we we need to give context to these situations, and I think that as you say, mm. it's the perfect example of of creating an image that is brilliant, you know a mm. gold bike hilarious, like amazing to see when you're mm. so used to a green bike, and then just adding that context, i think um that was was,
1: was there incentive to get i've got i've somehow in the back of my head, I felt like if actually finding the gold bike gave you some other.
0: I yeah, know, so we had an idea that we were going to, this, this is, this is probably a, a case of pushing it too far, but and we didn't do it in the end, but we, we were chatting and be like, it would be so funny if we, if someone got the gold bike, we just made it like five times the price. <laughs> like so when they get yeah, their really invoice retro. in the end they're like oh my god yeah, like what's to- that and they're like they're looking at the bike the only difference is that it's gold yeah. so they obviously think it's like a, a premium yeah, service yeah, or yeah.
2: something uh, yeah we have to cover the paint costs
0: <laughs> uh, and we were gonna write that like yeah. on oh, the invoice be like yeah. you've ridden our gold bike and like we, yeah. this it's gold plated it, or whatever it or yeah. Yeah. Um, but
2: then we were gonna give it yeah. away for free like yeah. free rides and then yeah. Yeah. We stripped it back and we're like, Well, wait, we've done the we've done the work. Like the fact that you can see this on the app and it's a different yeah. entity, sometimes People that's all, all you need, right? Yeah. And the message attached to it was it became folklore, so yeah. people would go on about it, mention it to us. When you know, we obviously did a Gold Bay activation with yeah. that. It turned a Green Bay into a Gold Bay. The Gold bike was there. Mm. There was competitions there, so like it was all encompassing. People turned up to see it, and then one person turned up to be the first person to ride it away. Like, yeah, it's just <laughs> kind see of it looked after It looked
0: that we 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 didn't want to. We I think we we laid up we laid out the platform, and we knew that it was kind of we saw the numbers on social, and that was obviously before we'd kind of put it on the street. We were still kind of figuring out, like we were integrating it into our app or whatever. And we saw that it was going to do well. So we were just kind of like, let UGC do the work. I was at the pub in Soho on like a random day. And a guy comes a guy comes with the gold bike. I was there with like three or four of my friends and he comes with the gold bike and just parks it right opposite the street. And I just lo- I just lose my shit, right? Because I'm like, oh my God, the chance of that happening. Like we literally put it out a few days ago. Yeah. And I went over and like chatted to him and ended up like taking a photo and he made Damn. it onto our socials. And like, <laughs> it was just one of those things minutes. that like, yeah, I just immediately then and there, I was like, let, let me know your account. Like went on it and I was like, i have giving you a, a free hour. Uh, I go. <laughs> yeah, and um, Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, our boss doesn't see that, but it was uh, all good. Yeah, that was, that was, the stars aligned with that one, I think. Mm. And it was, um, we'd like to do more, but I think at the end of the day, these these opportunities come when you've got to maximize them. I think if you go looking, too far you can kind of create something that doesn't feel very authentic yeah and i think that is the the thing and and like you can't beat yourself up for you know in a couple last couple of months we keep saying like we need to get a new gold. we need a, we need a new gold bike we need a new we need a new thing we've, we've done loads of stuff but hmm. I, I i think we can't you can't beat yourself up when the the stars don't align in that, in that matter because you create something that's not authentic it a hundred percent won't go we're past the the stage of social media where you can kind of get away with faking it. Yeah. I think people understand now, especially on social that you can't just, put something out there and not beat it uh, for it to work so
2: and you can't you can't just do it again you can't you know as you've just said like we need a new, a new gold bike so yeah, you Maybe go do through that. you badges. just can't do the same thing like we've always got to think what we've found so far is we've tried to occasionally fit into the narrative of what for example what TikTok should look like yeah. every time we've tried to fit into the narrative we, the numbers have never been as good yeah and then when we do our own thing like gold bike reclaiming you know reclaiming this bike we put a TikTok out it was like our best TikTok like by like 20 times, like whenever we do it our way, it seems to work. And I think mm. that's actually a good example of where you don't have to f- follow the narrative where, Oh, TikTok works by doing this. Mm. Well, you know, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's about
1: having a strong message and then doing it. your Your own way. Um, mm. But I guess there is a little bit of a thought, like you mentioned it a few times there, and I think there's another, a few things like the tree coins that you guys do, like the bike naming that you guys did where you let let users kind of name the bikes and, and rewarded them for doing that. A lot of how you incentivize a community is, is kind of this gamification. Um, I would say healthy gamification. There are obviously certain apps, like for instance, dating apps, et cetera, that kind of cr- maybe sometimes create certain apps that create this unhealthy kind of slot machine style gamification I guess yours always has this this healthy end result of rewarding people with more minutes to ride the bikes which then creates a bigger network more people seeing the bikes this kind of nodding strategy you guys talk about of two people going past each other as they ride and kind of giving a knowing nod because they're part of the same secret community almost. Yeah I think that's one of the things that always comes across for me is that you guys have, have managed to gamify, I love brands that manage to gamify supposedly I guess you'd say like boring or bland or things that aren't necessarily cool by, by virtue, you know my, you say the word mobility. it's not necessarily the, the sexiest term but you guys have kind of made it feel like that, made it feel fun Duolingo is I guess another really good example of that right, is like that learning other languages seemed like a laborious and hard thing to do and they made it feel fun and made it feel like a game so i guess that's that that's one of the things you guys do consistently authentically i suppose is, is make this experience of micro mobility fun gamified enjoyable
2: yeah the the word micro mobility is is not is you've just nailed it to be honest like we've got
0: a uh i don't know uh, i don't know why we need to even put micro in there like it's just mobility uh, yeah, is it's, it's like straight, just it's moving around. around it's like it's, it's yeah. just a bit
1: to be honest it's the kind of word that PR and press people will use, but yeah, people yeah, obviously yeah. will never use. It's the same yeah. way of like ride sharing with like, you don't say yeah. ride sharing, you say I'm getting a cab yeah, like, yeah, cycling, you know, I'm just yeah. going to
2: cycle there. Um, exactly. I think actually with this whole, as you've mentioned it, like maybe it's, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, dusty at uh, the term. And I think also this is where our brand really shines. We're, we're a bit different uh, on the street. We're not this bright colored bike and we kind of, uh, kind of go into the distance a little bit. And I think that is, um, that comes back to what do you want to ride how do you want to be represented on the street do you want to be this you know quite a garish colored bike do you want to turn up to an event on a, a you know really bright bike or do you want to just like use a shared mobility bike that actually you do you own yourself mm. um, and that's where i think our colourway comes in really really nicely and our, our brand generally with this with tree coins we obviously basically you know give merch away on our tree coins if you ride there's a reason people engage with that. And I think it's because of the strength of our brand, mm. you know, our logo, our characters, our tree We've got a lot of differences uh, than other brands in, in our field. Our name is Human Forest. We're a four syllable name. Uh, that's like, a you know, unheard of, you know, yeah. all, of, all of our competitors are a one syllable. There's a reason for all this, you know, we are the, we, we're the outliers. Uh, and I think it's important to celebrate
1: yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're Brit. Like again, one of the main things that successful challenger brands do is look at all the different ways that uh, that they can break convention representation being one of those okay what are all the competitors doing color wise it seems like the convention the category is go garish uh one syllable name so that you stand out on the street Mm -hmm. because being distinct is important but when you look at that and you say well they're all dot like we were talking about dot and tier but you know, before we, mm-hmm. we started the pod, and I I mixed them up because they literally just seem like one and the same to me mm-hmm. because they are pretty you know, they're yeah. they're similar in colour, they're they're both garish, they both have these like one syllable names. You've kind of looked at it and said, no, let's let's break the convention that not only in the name, but also in the brand. And I think another we spoke about it before as well, but you're right, the, the merch that you guys put out. I think one of the one of the when we're designing brands for for new companies or doing doing rebrands, one of the checks is what would this logo look like on a t-shirt or what would this look like on a hoodie? Like, would people be proud to kind of wear this as a brand? Or, or um, a Dickies jacket. Yeah. Which, or, or a Dickies jacket, exactly, yeah. um, which right. I, I definitely yeah. would be proud to wear. And you guys have, have done, taken that litmus test and kind of passed it, I suppose, yeah, from the jackets to the hoodies to the caps, all of those things are, yeah, are people going to be going out and, and maybe buying them to, as their staple wardrobe? Maybe not, but definitely if they're giving it out, they're, they're you know, willing to wear it. Again, it goes to that nodding strategy. It's, you know, willing to wear it, somebody might see you in it and give you a knowing nod rather oh, yeah. than be like, oh, why are they wearing a Uber yep. hat? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uber hat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've got to give Joe 100% of the credit for the merch that we do. I think that like, it obviously all, come, it all comes down to our strategy of loyalty and retention and there's a reason why, there's a reason why we focus on that And I think that we're given the time to do this stuff. We're given the time to create merch. We're given the time to do these kind of fun activations that are engagement led. And that's because of our, the third member of our kind of little team here is our e-bikes. Like they do the heavy lifting in terms of brand awareness and tougher funnel metrics. Like they, by their nature of getting ridden by people to places that people go, they put our brands in front of the people that are most likely to ride them. Not only do they do that, they drive consideration. The brand is on the bike. The people understand what we do because of where the bikes are. So what we ended up with is like one of the most highly targeted out-of-home campaigns that's like ever existed. (laughs) Like you think of it in those terms, the bikes are where we want them to be because that's where our customers go. Like the, the, the brands on the bike, they understand what we do. It's like, why would we invest in, you know, millions of pounds into these kind of billboards and stuff that, you know, don't, don't have the same level of effect. So it's, it's super interesting and it's a super unique characteristic of our industry that we have these floating billboards around that offer us so much value in terms of top of funnel metrics. And then our job is to convert and to retain. And that's why we have all these, that's why we make the merch, that's why we have the tree corns, that's why we create festivals and whatnot. But it's all because we've got such a powerful asset that's on the street. I mean, I don't know how many you walked past on your way into into the studio here in Shoreditch, but I imagine you probably saw, consciously or unconsciously, like five to ten... I'd imagine, but yeah, it's it really allows us and gives us the space to be a bit silly really yeah. at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, and that's that's a great headline as well. The, the yeah, the, the world's biggest out of home campaign. I guess the only thing that you, if I'm playing devil's advocate with it, the yeah. only thing you'd, you would be lacking from that is like we said that you've you've got definitely brand awareness but it's what's the distinction you introduce the brand and yeah. then what's the differentiation between yeah. why would i pick lime over uber yeah. or uh, sorry why, why would i put human forest over lime um, yeah. over dot over tier which is when you see them all in the bay sure. like I, I i love human forest for the reasons that you guys have laid out like we said before and we, we spoke about this before but arguably one of the campaigns you'd run is making people more aware of tree coins and what and what that benefits you over the other bikes for instance or making them more aware of your sustainability credentials another although i don't think that's a base level of why someone would pick the so over another, for instance. I guess that's the one thing that you guys could, could, I guess, suppose work on. But you're right, the the kind of sheer brand awareness of just having the network of bikes is basically, I'm trying to think of like comparable examples. Yeah. I guess you could say like with Deliveroos and Uber yeah, Eats and yeah, stuff like exactly. that is maybe similar when you order or Gorillas, for instance, the yeah. riders themselves seeing them yeah. out on, on the street is, is yeah. kind of comparable. One other one is kind of like Black Cabs themselves, yeah, right? know like, It's not really a, a company or brand, but the, the brand of Black Cabs is so I I- iconic people flood in yellow taxis in in new york for for instance
0: right yeah i guess you, you what you're saying is correct like we have a limited amount of space that we could play with in terms of messaging which is obviously super important but it's the does that counteract the cost it would take to do yeah. it i'm not sure it would i mean it'd be interesting to see do some testing in that But well, we do have to play. we do have messaging delivery on the bike our 10 minutes free daily is is there i think three times and that's one of our kind of biggest differentiators but yeah it's it's it is one of those things and i think we 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 just we let them do do the job and we're talking about thousands of these things you know it's not kind of it's not not a few hundred here and there it's it's like thousands of spots yeah I mean the brand
1: like you said anyway the brand when you get down to retention and building these kind of like loyal customers that brand itself and the and building community behind that brand is your ultimate tool effectively like an out of home board isn't going to make somebody feel like they're part of the human forest um community that's that's the the with the multiple touch points that you guys have and the multiple initiatives that's that's where your kind of goal is and I guess that's one of the kind of few final talking points was was around how you guys build community and for instance you just had your first forest fest which was like like you guys said a kind of nerve-wracking moment you're like we're going to put on basically a a group ride but you know make it feel like more than that make it feel like a festival for to celebrate human forest for kind of your guys first birthday and you were happily surprised but i wonder if you could talk a little bit more about yeah community how you're building community and using it to differentiate yourself from from the other competitors that are out
2: there i guess this brings up the nodding strategy mainly because obviously when we first kind of got in a room together you know building this marketing team we tried to come up with an ethos you know something that we can kind of go forward with and actually guide every campaign that we do Uh, and the the thing that we kind of developed was the nodding, the nodding strategy in that you see it with uh, two two people in football shirts walking past or volkswagen transporters like driving past like they give the you know they give a, a nod an unconscious you know respect and and they you know they they have kinship with one another and i think that's that's where our community driven content is all kind of uh, funneling into uh, we hope that that's our end goal you know that we're creating this unconscious way of connecting a community but not doing it explicitly not saying like oh nod to one another yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) we can't you know we've got to do it in a way in which it's subtle and so that's where that started because you know we are a community the riders are a community like that is what you know one benefit we we have in our in our um, socials as well like we're building something so yeah i think that is
0: i think it's the shared values and it's the shared interests like you see another person why 20 years ago you're riding a bike in london i imagine you'd nod at the other cyclists like you know, you're both taking your life into your own hands and you both kind of acknowledge each other for that. And now it's, we're trying to build up this thing and I've read countless content and social strategies that have been pitched or whatever. And, Normally they're over a hundred slides and normally they are, you know, they've got a sentence on each one that builds up and it's just like, Oh my God, give me a break. Like we don't have time for that. We are, we are like genuinely, we don't have time for that. we two of us like doing all this content. We can't build out a hundred page strategy and better for it. I think like if you could whittle down strategy into one slide with one sentence, there's one question. Happy days. And we've managed to do that, I think. And we've managed to say, does doing this activation, does the golden bike, you know, if they're both involved in that, does that make you more likely if you see another human forest rider nod at each other or acknowledge each other? And then, yeah, this all came down to this. We did like, you know, nine or 10 different activations in the summer. We, we hid loads of like hidden tickets and bikes. We put plants in the baskets. We, we even like made our app into a, um, a guide that shows you all the like areas of nature and stuff around London. Anyway, super cool. But what we realized was we were growing an online community. We were We were engaging online with kind of thousands of people, but we'd had quite little interaction, like meaningful interaction with our own customers. And I think from a marketing perspective, It's such an underrated piece, and we're often sitting in our in our little ivory towers and and whatnot, and like kind of we know what's best for our customers. Like we we're the people behind the brand, and like we give you our product. But we wanted to come up with a way in which we could get some meaningful conversations with the people that use us, and as a community led company there's nothing really more important than that so the idea was to do a group ride we're going to get as many people as we can on human forest bikes ride around london chat to them why do they use us get some valuable insights whatnot but i think for 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 better or worse i just thought you know what <laughs> bulldozed that a bit in Jack
2: bulldozed in with nah let's do a festival and that was like oh geez like, that's a lot to do <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah which was I think was a, a, an amazing shout yeah. because again it's not doing that thing oh let's do a group ride probably quite predictable mm-hmm. well no like boring isn't it it's just
0: like oh, it's oh slightly, great yeah, we can have a group exactly. ride but
2: it's let's get a live DJ <laughs> yeah, exactly. let's get
0: some uh, let's get a food truck yeah. let's uh, let's do some competitions there was
2: and... a there was a group ride element, yeah. That was, yeah to be fair. But, but then, alongside that, was basically every checkpoint. You got a little reward. You got a tote bag. You got so so the merch was was yep. part of it. And then you came back and 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 basically, yeah. We put we put out some tickets and didn't know how it was gonna go. Uh, obviously, because we basically never we've never connected that that much with the actual user we've like done activations like pit stop which which was fun where we basically set up a, a pit stop style you come in you get your battery changed you get a new helmet but we spoke to people for 30 seconds like and that was it so putting these tickets on the market for forest fest no idea if they're going to sell they sell out in 24 hours you, no idea if they're going to turn up like it was like a great turnout yeah, right everyone like, turned up so it, it paid off but yes, yeah it was yeah we had
0: 150 people at our at our warehouse all happy to chat and everybody was really cool and like it kind of gave us a like it gave us a validation it also got our like kind of brains firing again like okay right now we up to that point is okay let's build this thing and now we're like okay we've 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 built a like ridiculously loyal user base uh, how can we utilize it essentially moving forward? Like we, it's kind of, it felt like a little bit of a shift in terms of like, okay, we, we've, we've, yeah, we've built, we've built these thousands of people riding these bikes every day. And now we've, we know that we've got the tools and we can utilize that moving forward. But it was super fun. I think at the end of the day, doing something for because it's fun is an underrated decision-making factor in (laughs) boardrooms I think that's like if you find it fun they'll find it fun the marketing police is going to come at me but I generally think that yeah it was fun and everyone enjoyed it and I think we're as a brand we're we're stronger for that
1: yeah yeah, totally I guess that kind of leads into the brand challenge that you kind of set us when we were chatting over email this idea of community and how you no doubt fostered this kind of London based you know kind of hyper local community and you guys obviously going to be branching out into into other markets I mean I'll let you kind of pose the the challenge itself and then we can kind of have a little bit of a chat about it
0: Yeah so lots of stuff we do I guess is on the back of our own humour that resonates quite well with British people the name itself Human Forest it would be difficult to kind of translate the, the fact that Uh, It's quite a labour-intensive way to do marketing. Like, we have to be involved in a lot of stuff. We have to do everything ourselves, like, for for it to be authentic. So, like, how how can we effectively move into different markets, whether they're English-speaking or not, like, uh, and effectively execute a strategy without it being super expensive? Yeah, really interesting
1: challenge. Uh, We kind of talked about, I guess, my answer doesn't solve every element of it. For instance, there's the challenge around the brand name itself, which, to be totally honest, I think you kind of... you in a way slightly get around it by the fact that you like by your own admission that the human forest doesn't really have tons of meaning as a word itself right it's the things that you guys do behind the brand and, and and the name that that make it what it is so then that leads into okay how do we build these communities up in these in these different cities for instance that you launch into totally correct it's going to be nuanced in terms of what people find funny what people find engaging moving in those different markets the best comparison example that i i can think of is when i worked at adidas and we operated the key city strategy which was similar to that adias had a global brand strategy that was run out of germany and they still do this today said okay we don't really understand we we maybe understand some of the quirks of our own market or, or germany for instance but we don't understand what makes people tick what people find cool in london barcelona paris Tokyo, et cetera, it's all going to, there's, there's going to be some similarities, but generally there's going to be different tastemakers in those different places, different f- things that people find interesting, cool, funny. Uh, and they, they employed what they call key city strategies. Basically what, what you guys have here in a, in a, you know, UK or London sense, one pod that you've kind of built up, you'd have to find a team of, or, you know, a couple people, etc. in in those markets, or it could be a, a couple of freelancers originally, or a, a small agency, whatever it might be where you, take your nodding strategy to them and take what you have done here and, and translate it into that city. And then also using, I think you already touched on it there, but you're, you're already starting to use the community themselves as kind of a sounding board for for what works and what doesn't. And I think increasingly doing that for, for how you sort of translate your marketing into other markets is, is, is going to be a big success factor. Like when we work with clients, we try to get them to make what we call these customer councils. So again, you said, you do you compared the analogy of like a 100 page strategy deck which I have seen countless of those in my life and totally agree it's ridiculous great thing about strategy is that it can it can be distilled into one thing one thing that you do all great strategies should be simple um, they take all complex information put it into one and I think that uh, that that's basically what you want to be able to do with market research as well so People spend tons and tons on on market research companies and talk to hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people within their brand. But at the stage that you guys are at, all you need to do is speak to you know maybe a hundred max and just have them in a consistent group on a Slack on a WhatsApp. Email Fred, whatever it might be, but it's something that turns them into the you know you said the mark the, the you said the bike is the third person of your marketing team and the, the fourth person should be this kind of group of of customers that you're constantly tapping into. And when you go to Barcelona for the first time, okay, who are the first ten people who rode a human forest bike in Barcelona, or who are the ten people who ride them the most after the first six months? they're effectively, they're the brand that, you know, our relationship with them is the brand in that market. Let's, let's see what they like, what makes them take, what made them keep riding the bikes here and then translate that into our key city strategy for that market, which is basically what we did with football, what we call football obsessed teens in sort of London, Paris, Barcelona, et cetera, and kind of paid dividends.
0: That's interesting. So you're like kind of, you're kind of adapting your brand values yeah. to the people who most use your brand. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. So like in London, it's like for us, like I think we've, we've, we've kind of done, not done that by luck, but it's like, okay, we've, we've got this thing and the people that use us naturally resonate with that, but it might be slightly different in a different thing. Yeah. So it oh, might yeah, be totally. kind of not.
2: I, I love the idea of a contextual nod, like not every nod <laughs> in, in the different country is the yeah, same yeah, uh, yeah. nod. Yeah,
1: like people nod differently in people Barcelona. Digital, yeah.
2: People say yeah. hi. You know, people wave differently. It a
1: like, kiss on is it? Yeah, is it a kiss on the cheek strategy? Yeah. What makes you feel like you have that shared yeah. value in these different markets? Because like over here, it might be, for instance, like you said, British humour and this kind of dry wit and mm. sarcasm, mm. and the fact that if you ride a humour yeah. forest you're a bit of like you're you're not afraid to take the piss out of yourself a little bit. That might not be what it what it's like in you know Barcelona or or a Paris or or whatever that might be. I think it's easier for you guys as well because you you. Are, if you say brand brand is not like a noun it's a relationship that you have with the with the customer like you guys are kind of the profile of people who would ride a human forest anyway and do ride human forest bike. so it's easy for you you guys can just bounce off each other and you don't have as much need to speak although you are speaking to them more you'd have as much need to speak to customers as you would do when you're in a barcelona or a paris or wherever that might be so i think the idea of like the customer council like the first you know 10 people and kind of using them as a, you know, okay, here's 10 ideas on the board of what we we're going to do in Paris in the next month. You know, the Paris version of Forest Fest and getting them just brutally to kind of <laughs> rip through <laughs> what they think is good Le or what's not. Yeah, <laughs> Le Fest, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of a, a good starting point or at least like how I'd, I'd take it on. Yeah, great advice to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Cheers. Right, I mean what do I know at the end of the day the way we always like to end these things is just by asking you guys you can give me one or you can give me one each but another brand owner or people who are working at an exciting sort of challenger brand that you guys know that you think we should have on next might be one of the partners you've worked with doesn't have to be but yeah that's how we like to end
0: so we had a chat about this and we obviously mentioned we did some stuff with Yonder Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago some content and they basically are a credit card that all the perks you get are London based very local like very community they're visually quite quite impressive i really like the, i really like their brand so yeah i would i would chat to those guys because um it's an interesting in the finance space especially tried to kind of i don't know if they if they if they are but it kind of seems like they want to build a very london a london centric kind of brand so it could be interesting when, it, when finance is off, often seen as such a kind of a global big companies that you know don't care a lot but uh, yeah, I uh the guys at Yonder. Yeah, they're trying to
2: do something a little bit different which is, is quite nice. It's, there's some synergy there. Um so I think that'd be that'd be a good one to speak to.
1: Cool. We'll we'll reach out, we'll we'll uh we'll get their contacts from you and hopefully get them on soon. Boys, thank you very much for coming on. I am fanatical about the brand. Uh, we'll continue to be so, and I can't sort of wait to see where you guys get to. And look
0: forward to in touch That's stuff. Off. We'll give you your own uh, little promo code. Ah, oh, amazing! Anyone listening, they could use Jack five five. minutes. Cool. Joe twenty two. Joe twenty two. Just going an hour there. <laughs> three
2: minutes. <laughs> also, we have got your tote bag, so Cool. Love that. Love that. Yeah, got, always got, always got room for another tote. Yep. Cool. Right, <laughs> pleasure It's been, yeah. there. It's been great. great
1: I've been Dan. If you like the podcast, please share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or even just to a mate. If you or anyone you know runs a brand that you think would be perfect for Small Talk, then get them to hit us up on hello at smallworld.marketing. We're Small World, and this was Small Talk.